Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. We got saved in this church, not this building, in the church, GGC, on the 19th of September, 1996, many, many moons ago. And we are who we are because of these people, but they not have impacted us, they've impacted the whole city. Many, many hundreds of people have been touched because of you too. And you're faithful warriors, and God's going to bring increase. We just want to honor you, receive our honor from Lighthouse Church. But we in this room want to honor you this morning and say, well done. Well done. Well done. Heroes. Well done. Well done. Awesome. Thank you. Wow. Well, good morning. So 9 o'clock was the warm-up, was it? Now we're getting into business or no? I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> Good to see you all this morning. And we love Jesus. Yeah, the gospel is still good news, you know that? The gospel has not lost one little bit of its power. It might be 2,000 years old, but it's still as effective. It's still powerful. It still saves, still heals, still sets free this morning. Can you say amen? amen. And this church has a legacy, a history, because it's, from its inception, it's glorious gospel church. Can I say that? GGC. This is a church that preaches the gospel, doesn't compromise. And we, on the other side of the city, Crow's Nest, are we overseas? We are technically overseas, aren't we, on the other side? We stand with you. We partner with you. We honor you. We celebrate you. We pray for you. We're going to contribute to your future. Why? Because we're in this together. We're one church. You know that? When God looks down from heaven, he doesn't see all the different churches. He sees one body. Come on. Now, we might fellowship in different locations. We might have different leaders and all that kind of stuff. But in heart, we're united. In heart, We're one. If you do well, we do well. And we need this church to do well for this city because this city needs a strong, vibrant, Pentecostal, charismatic, whatever you want to call us, just a vibrant church that's preaching the gospel, seeing signs and wonders, and is reaching out to the lost and broken. Can you say amen? Amen. So we want you to do well. We're cheering you on. And we believe in you. We believe in you. And more importantly, The Father believes in you because he's given you an assignment that naturally cannot be accomplished. That's all right. Nothing that anyone accomplished in the Bible, they could do in their own human strength. (laughs) Do you know that? If they could, they wouldn't need to depend on God. But because God gives us an assignment worthy of him, worthy of the kingdom, that stretches us, that's impossible for us to achieve without him, it grows us. Come on. It enables more and more people to get involved, and the kingdom increases. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So this morning, believe prophetically. And Leon, you were prophesying when you were speaking this morning. You know that. Just that prophetic voice, I pray it increases. You're a treasure, bro. You know that? Love your heart, bro. God's raising you up. God's raising you up. You're a father physically now, but he's raising you to a father spiritually as well. You know that? Come on, bro. 
There's a time of restoration coming through this church. God's got a destiny to reach people through its glee, the glee markets, through the church, whatever it is that you do, that only you can reach it as a church. And he wants us to believe him this morning. I reckon there's, there's healings coming that we haven't seen yet. We haven't seen. Some of us maybe have tapped into something that's happening, but God's going to release something unprecedented. Multiplication, increase. The, the mantle over these guys is multiplication. Come on, they've got five kids. Go forth and multiply. They're doing it physically. They've done it. Another one on the way. Is there? <laughs> but not only physically. Come on, spiritually. They're, they're fathers and mothers. They multiply. Come on, they don't just love you a little bit. They love you. They pour their lives out onto you. Why? Because they're generous. They've caught the Father's heart. They want you to multiply, increase into your destiny. Amen. Amen. Now, something about Leo and Christine, they never hold people back. Never. Never. They want their best for every one of you and every one of us. They believe the best in you and they want to in increase your capacity. Then they might say stuff that challenges you, but hey, we need to be challenged sometimes. I need to be challenged. Yeah. If you never get challenged, you'll never grow. If you always went to the gym and always only lifted 20 kgs on the bench, you would never grow, right? You'll never increase. You'll never get a body like Josiah and Leon, yeah? <laughs> but if you went to the gym and you increased, you got stretched, you got challenged, you know, it's hard. Then you grow, yeah? And that's why we've got loving parents around us, mothers and fathers in the faith, to challenge us, to grow us, so we increase and we can... Multiply, amen? Multiply, increase our effectiveness. And there's a time of breakthrough coming. Breakthrough physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. God is the God of breakthrough. He's with you. Not to leave you where you are, is to bring you through what you're going even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, David said. So sometimes we've got to go through some stuff, but God's with us because he wants to break through in our world. He wants to heal us. This morning, you might be carrying pain, internal pain, hardship, unforgiveness. Well, God wants to break through into your life this morning, and he wants to demonstrate. You know, God is a very demonstrative God. He wants to show off, but not in a perverted, twisted way. He wants to show us his glory and his beauty. Paul said it this way, I don't come with eloquent words and wise human wisdom. I come with the power of God so your faith may not rest in human wisdom, but on the power of God. God wants to demonstrate his power so you can put your faith in his power, not in man's wisdom. Can you say amen? So he wants to break us through. He wants you to go through some stuff, not because he wants to break you, but he wants to break the thing in you so you can worship him only. Can you say amen? Come on, Paul and Silas. This is one of my favorite stories. Acts 16, Paul goes to Philippi. He preaches the faith. He shares his testimony or shares the word to a lady called Lydia who dealt in purple cloth. She comes to Christ. She gets saved. They go to her house. A few verses down, they encounter this demon-possessed girl who was prophesying even though she was demon-possessed, and Paul just had enough and told the demon to get out. There wasn't even any spiritual reason for it. He just got annoyed with this demon and said, yeah, I've had enough of you. Come out of her. 
She gets released. A few verses down, they get thrown in the jail because of the revival that's in the city. Now they're in jail. Paul and Silas are in jail. Come on, check this out. And if I was in jail for sharing the gospel, I don't know what I'd pray, but probably I wouldn't be singing the way they were singing. I'd be saying, woe is me, Lord. Suffering for Jesus again. How long, how long, O oh Lord? <laughs> Where's the beautiful music from Sunday can, can accompany me in this? You know what I'm trying to say? We naturalize it, but Paul, come on. Paul and Silas, looking on Jesus. Not a victim mindset. Not why am I suffering for you, Jesus? It's a privilege to share Jesus' name. It's a privilege to take the gospel out. It's a privilege to be part of a community that loves Jesus. And as we praise God in our times of, that we need breakthrough, the breakthrough comes. Not necessarily in the circumstance, but in your heart. You experience the breakthrough internally, then you can have the breakthrough externally. Can you say amen? And this week at church talking to this guy, I won't say his name, just in case he listens, but anyway, um, just confidential, t- hard, he'd been through a tough life, ended up, the way we met him, he was living on the side of our church building, homeless guy, abused, bashed, drug dependent, ends up in jail, we go visit him, jail, gets out, goes back in again, visit him again, gets out, last Sunday he came in, and the second time he'd come, and the Holy Spirit touched him. The gospel penetrated his heart, and he said, I don't know what happened, but I feel happy, Jim. Weight lifted, because I feel like my hope's restored, all my past is gone, all that history of abuse and drug is gone. Why? Because I've encountered the gospel. And he's praising God now. Amen? Now, the same meeting, there was a powerful executive um, in one of the four big banks, broken life as well, but different kind of broken. Outwardly successful, but his inner world. Marriage broke up, affair in his marriage, kid, kids walked away. Anyway, cut a long story short. Same meeting, gospel work, the same, two different people. This guy's testimony was, I don't know uh, what you're preaching, Jim, or what you're talking about a lot of the times, which is fair enough, <laughs> because what you were saying impacted my heart. Now, my circumstances haven't changed, but now I have a fresh perspective that I'm with someone who loves me and wants the best for me. Come on. They were able to praise God through their circumstances, stay in there, and sometimes the circumstances don't change, but we get the breakthrough internally. Come on. Amen? So this morning, we're in for a treat. We're going to look on Jesus. We're going to look at the power of God's Word. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to use the sword of the Spirit, how we heard this morning. He's going to set us free. He's going to empower us. He's going to release a fresh vision for our life that we can count for Him no matter what happens. We're part of His army to bring Jesus safely back to the earth. Amen? So let's, let's go on reading. Now, I heard a statement once saying this. If we look around, we'll be distressed. Yeah? If we look at ourselves, we'll be depressed. But if we look to Jesus, we'll be blessed. Amen? How many of you want to be blessed? Well, stop looking around. Honestly, turn the TV off sometimes. Most times I say turn the TV off. Turn the news off, please. 
Now, we need to be informed, but we don't have to know every single detail about every single thing that's happening. You'll be distressed. You'll have no peace. Yeah, so don't look around. Don't look, inter- don't look inside as well because you, you won't have the capacity to do what God wants you to do looking internally all the time. We need to look up. So today's message is we're starting a series this week for the church, Timeless Truth. We're going back to the book. Turn to the person next to say, we're going back to the book. The back to the book, as I said in the, in the previous service, God's doing a new thing because God always does a new thing. God is always doing something new. He's saying something new, preaching something new, giving us new seasons of breakthrough and victory. But the new thing in God is going back to the old thing, which is the Bible, going back to the book. Because everything we need in life, Peter said it this way, everything you need for life and godliness, you have in his promises. As we partake his promises, as we behold him, he gives us what we need for life and for godliness. Can you say amen? So your outlook, outlook might be bleak. We need to look up. Your outlook might be good. We still need to look up. Amen? Through every season, no matter what's happening, we need to develop our outlook. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Can you say amen? amen. And we encourage very strongly in Scripture to always look up. Always. Jesus multiplied two fish and five loaves. And he fed thousands and thousands of people. How? How did he do that? He looked up. He took what he had. Took what he had. He didn't complain to the Father for it. He didn't say, my useless disciples didn't bring any food, Lord. Can you smite them with thy wrath, please? He didn't say that to them. He took what he had. The Bible says he gave thanks. So I thank you for what I have, Lord. Now, I trust you as I look up, you're going to use what I have and multiply it for what I need. Amen? In the looking up, we multiply, we increase. Can you say amen? Um, I got this ring, this new ring the other, the other day. Funny enough, from Glebe Markets. So we missed you by one week. We missed you by one week. And how many of you heard of a spoon ring? Spoon ring, apart from my family. How many of you heard of a spoon ring? Yeah, spoon ring. So what it is, is they take spoons, something that's ordinary. Come on, how many of you think spoons are jewelry? They're not really, are they? They're just something that's ordinary. They take something that's ordinary and fashion it to something that's, I think, quite spectacular. You wear it as a ring, something that's precious. So as we... Give our ordinary things to God. Come on. You bring your two mites, the Bible says. You bring your heart to Him. You bring that disappointment to Him. You bring that offering for building what is a heart for the house. You bring that to Him. God takes your ordinary, what it's in its natural eyes, His ordinary contribution, and God multiplies it and makes it in something glorious. Can you say amen? How do we do that? Well, we've got to keep our eyes on Him. Behold your God. Amen? Let's keep reading. Vision is very powerful. I believe as we look on God, He gives us vision for our lives personally. He gives us hope for the future. He gives you direction. He gives you purpose. 
Now, you need to find your purpose, your vision, your direction from God. Because if you get it from someone else, then it's not yours. God is an original in all sense of the word. He's the original OG, if you know what I mean. God is the OG, the original. And he's created you for a purpose and a reason. So we need to stop looking to our brothers and sisters and want to be like them. We need to look to him and say, God, who have you made me to be? And what's your passion and purpose for my life? As we do that, he gives us our own sense of destiny and purpose. And I love seeing people find their destiny and purpose. I love seeing churches find their destiny and purpose because God gets the glory. Can you say amen? So vision is very powerful. Vision is prophetic and vision gives us purpose. How do we find our vision? Well, we look to God. God says he's greater than every one of our circumstances. Do you know that? God is a self-revealing God who wants you to know him intimately. One of my favorite prayers is Ephesians chapter 1 where Paul prays for the church in Ephesus. And he says, Father, can you please give this church, which I love dearly, the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that what? So that they may know you better. See, we think we need finances. We don't. We need to know God better. We think we need a breakthrough, and we do need breakthrough, but where's the breakthrough going to come? By knowing God better. As you understand His character and His nature, as you understand His promises and what He's done for you, then the breakthrough comes and you get what you need, not necessarily what you want, if you know what I'm saying. Amen? You like that one? I love this guy. Can someone give him a microphone, please? See, Satan's greatest weapon. You know what it is? Satan's greatest weapon is man's ignorance of God's word. If he can keep us ignorant, if he can keep us untapped to that potential that we see in the word of God, then he's got us. Yeah? More importantly, he brings deception to the character and the nature of God or he blinds us through bewitching us, the Bible says, to the promises of God, and he keeps us ineffective. Amen? So we need to, with fresh hope this morning, fresh vision, go back to the book, back to the Bible, and say, Lord, what are you saying about your word? Let me have a fresh vision and encounter with you this morning so I can believe your word like never before. Can you say amen? Back to the word. So we're going to look at why is the word important, three things we're going to cover, what the word has power to do, and how do we access the power of God's word. Okay, very simple. I like to be a little bit practical because if we're just hearing information and doctrine and not have a practical application, then we, it's hard to live out the word. But I believe God wants us to live out dependent on his word. So why is the word important? Well, the word of God actually created everything. Do you know that? Everything we see, everything we're part of, came out of the mouth of God. You don't believe me. That means I've got to preach longer. That's what I tell my church. So the more you respond, the more I'm thinking you're believing me, all right? So less I preach. <laughs> Hebrews 1.3 says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory. Yeah? The exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful word. Come on, the whole universe is sustained. You know what it's sustained by? His word. 
Scientists haven't worked out what's going on. And I love science, but science is not the answer to everything. Don't believe that deception. Science is not the answer to everything. We need science. It helps us understand the world. But we don't filter God through the lenses of science. God is greater than science. And there's things that are happening. You know, there's a, um, I might get this wrong, but there's a force in science called the strong force. Haven't you heard of that? Yeah, again, my family's heard of it. <laughs> Thank you for responding. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you. They're trying to make me feel good. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, I won't bore you, but there's this, ele- there's this force that scientists can't explain, but it holds the nucleus of cells together because they're positive and negatively charged, and there's no reason why them not to escape the, the nucleus of the cell. And they've called this thing that's holding everything together the strong force. That's what they call it. Very technical, I know. But that's what they call it. Because why? We know as Christians, God upholds everything by the power of his word. The reason elements aren't just exploding randomly everywhere is because God's sustaining everything by his powerful word. (laughs) Amen. God's word is so powerful. Actually, God's word can't get any more powerful than what it is. And if we're not seeing that power translate into our life, the problem's not with God and his word, the problem's with my heart. Something is missing, something is disconnected. So we need to, why is the word important? Well, God watches over his word to perform it. Let's go to um, Isaiah 50, no, no. Let's go to Jeremiah 112, please. I don't know if it's up there. Jeremiah 112. God himself watches over his word making sure it's fulfilled. And it says here, Jeremiah 1, 12, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. That's what God says about his word. Why is the word important? Well, God watches over his word to perform it. He wants to see it come to pass. In the previous service, I mentioned Acts chapter 4, verse 29. We won't turn there. But God is committed to backing his word. Uh, Luke one thirty seven says, For with God nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall ever be without power. Luke one thirty seven says that. Check this out. No word from God will ever be without power. Come on. If God says it, there's a power in the word for it to happen. Or it's not God. Or it's not his word. Next, now we're going to turn to this one. Please, if, the, if we can get this one up. Isaiah 55, verse 6. So point number, why is the word important? Because God's word accomplishes what he pleases and prospers in the things he sent it for. God's word does that. Let me read Isaiah 55, verse 6 to 11. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, for he will have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will freely pardon. And God says this, for my words, Isaiah 55 verse 6, my uh, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so what was that? As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Check this out. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return without watering, 
the earth, so is my word that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me void or empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose to which I send it. Can you say amen? amen? So check this out. God's saying, seek me, please. And by the way, as you seek me, realize that my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. So just remember that God's saying. Please seek me, but remember, your ways are not my ways. And then he says, the way you know my thoughts and my ways is to go to my word. Why? Because my word will never return to me void. My word will never return to me empty. The bridge, the gap between God and us is his word. You want to know God's will on a particular subject? It's in here. Do you know what God's saying over your marriage, over your business, over your finance, over this church? It's in the word. You want to discover your destiny and your purpose? It's in the word. And God bridges the gap. He talks to us through his word. And as we seek him and speak his word, then God's word achieves its purpose. Amen. Never return void. You think about how much word you've sown. Friends, family. I've got friends and family I've been believing for since I got saved. Almost 30 years. But we've sown the word. Sown the word. So what's my confession over the word? Well, God, your word that we've sown shall not return void. Somehow, it will accomplish what we've sent it out to do. Come on, can you say amen? What are you speaking over your life? What are you saying over the church? What are you saying over your future? Is it God's word? Because God's word will never return empty or void. Can you say amen? Before we started our church, not the current church, but when we came back from the US, God spoke to us out of Matthew 9, 36, it says there, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. And God spoke to us about starting a church, and I knew exactly who was going to come to the church, not the people, the type of people. God said, I'm sending you back to Sydney to gather the harassed and helpless because they're like sheep without shepherds. And that's not our current church, just in case anyone from Lighthouse is listening to this. It's the church we had started before we took over this one. And lo and behold, behold, as soon as we started, there was people coming who were harassed and helpless. They were burnt out. They were given up on their life. So I knew what God wanted to do because he'd spoken his word, and I spoke that word, and his word would never return to him without accomplishing his desire. Can you say amen? God wants to do that. What is he saying to you about your future right now? What's he saying about the church? He's saying, church, let's go for our future. Nothing is impossible. Let's pull our resources together and go for it. Anyway, let's move on because time seems to go quicker up here when you're up here. What, has, uh, what power has the word to do? What has that power to do over your life? What can the word accomplish? I'm glad you asked that question. Well, number one, God's word has power to transform. Only God's word can transform your situation. Not your willpower, not your intellect only. Not your own resources. Only God's word can change your situation, can change your circumstance. You've heard the saying, you are what you eat. Yeah? And if we're not watching what we're eating, we we don't like saying that over our lives, do we? (laughs) But it's true. It's brutal sometimes, but it's true. We are 
physically what we eat. And when you're young, you can get away with a lot of stuff. But as you get older, it's hard to get away with stuff you're eating because it has. <laughs> well, spiritually, you know, we're the same thing. Spiritually, you are what you eat. The good news is you can determine who you are and what you are by changing what you're eating. One of the great things I love about Leo, there's lots of things to love about Leo, but I'll never forget, he said, junk in, junk out. Garbage in, garbage out. He used to say that all the time, I remember. You are what you eat. What you're putting in is what you're going to get. How many want to be transformed? Want to grow? Want to be encouraged? You believe in God for some breakthrough. Well, get the word in. Allow the word to paint the picture, the vision for your life, not your circumstance, because God is greater than your circumstance, but you won't experience victory until the word transforms you. Amen? There's a transformation from the inside out. The word of God has power to change us to become more like Christ. Next, the word of God has power to bring faith. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This church, we need faith. We're going to send our faith over as well. We're going to believe with you. But we're in a season of faith. Where does faith come from? Not necessarily from preaching, because you can hear preaching, but your faith necessarily doesn't grow. Faith comes by hearing the message in the message. Hearing God's voice in the preach. Hearing God's voice as you're reading. Faith comes. God says, God speaks, faith comes. Amen? So can I encourage us? Let's not be passengers or spectators for such a time as this for GGC life. We need to all be on board. We need to all carry our load. We need to all be full of faith so this church can reach its destiny. Can you say amen? If we've seen the book of Acts, it's always the majority carrying the minority of the church. In other words, they were all at the prayer meeting. They were all speaking the word. They were all praying for the sick. And that was carrying the momentum of the church. But somehow in Western church, we have only a few doing it. A few praying. A few praying for the sick. A few doing. And we wonder why we're not growing as in reaching our destiny. Can I encourage us? Let's all get involved. You are responsible for where your heart's at. Not Leo or the elders. Put the word of God in. Amen. I remember one time, Mariah had twisted her arm. I think her auntie had lifted her. You know how we lift kids up like that from the arms? Where she lifted up the arm, or was it Joanna? Who was it? Zoe, was it? Can't remember. <laughs> one of the kids. <laughs> anyway, and her arm twisted and it was hurting. It was in a sling for days, praying, 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 nothing. One of them, I'm pretty sure it was Mariah. <laughs> she was in the bath one day and God said, when God speaks, you hear it, yeah? I believe in healing, but we've got to wait for the moment of the point of faith so you can release your faith. And God says, take her arm out of the sling. Well, she was crying all day, couldn't move it. I said, Lord, please, is there another way? Please, Lord. <laughs> I didn't want to make her cry. But the instant, instant, check this out, the instant I pull her arm out of a sling, she went like this and bang. No pain. What happened? What happened? What happened? Go on. Go on. Why? When God speaks, we need to act. Amen? What, what are you saying, God? Give me ears to hear what you're saying is one of Jesus' favorite sayings. 
Him who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says. He said it while he was on the planet, and he said it to John when he's given the book of Revelation. Let him who have ears hear what the Spirit says. In other words, we can be hearing with our physical ears, but not listening with our spiritual ears. Can I encourage us? Let's listen to our, with our spiritual ears. Let's listen to God. And the, the remarkable thing is, when you listen to God, you'll find we're all in unison. Because God's not divided. There's one vision, one hope, one faith, one baptism. Amen? If we're all hearing, we're all united on the same page. Wonderful? Next, God's Word has power to fight the enemy. This church is in a battle. We're facing Goliath. Literally. Intimidating voice. You're not good enough. There's not enough people. Too much money is required. It's Goliath. I'm being honest. Can I be honest? I love you. I love these people. These are my friends. I want to see them succeed. How are they going to do it? Well, the whole church fights the enemy. What's the enemy? Fear. Intimidation. Unbelief. How do we fight it? Well, we take the sword of the Spirit back to Josiah's word. If we don't use God's word and speak it, we're leaving ourselves without our most valuable offensive weapon, which is the sword of the Spirit. And we wonder why we haven't got power to fight the enemies because we're not quoting the word, we're not speaking the word. How did Jesus defeat the enemy? Spoke the word. Remember the time when, uh, as soon as Jesus got baptized in the Holy Spirit, dove came upon him, Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness. And before that happened, God spoke, the Father spoke over the Son. This is my Son, whom I love, whom I well pleased. And the dove came upon him. Next instant, Jesus goes to the wilderness. And Satan says to him, if you are the Son of God, turn this stone into bread. You know what Jesus said? I would have said, Satan, didn't you hear the voice from heaven just sound, I'm the Son? Satan, didn't you see the dove come upon me, manifestation of the Spirit? No, he didn't use any of those external um, examples or experiences. He went back to the book. So the way we fight Satan is not, quote, experiences or this is who I am. We go back to the book. What does your book say, Lord? Intimidating voices. Give up. Don't sow. Don't be generous. No, we look at those things and say, God, we're already blessed. We're already fruitful. We're already a church on the move into our destiny, Lord. Let me be part of this and I'm going to fight the enemy with the truth of God's Word. Very quickly as we wrap up, how do we access this power? How do we access the power of the Word? If the Word is so powerful and God confirms His Word and the Word of God becomes my uh, nourishment but also my defense and my weapon, how do I access the power? Well, we need to develop this thing called obedience. And obedience kind of has lost a little bit of its beauty because we believe we're under grace and a lot of people wrongly believe that under grace you don't have to obey the word anymore. That's crazy. <laughs> How can you be in relationship with someone and never do what they ask you to do? 
doesn't work, does it? We're in relationship with Jesus, and He speaks to us. It's my honor to obey Him. It's my absolute privilege to say, Jesus, I give you everything. It's no law. <laughs> it's grace. Grace helps me obey. Grace empowers me to obey. Amen? That's a proper understanding of grace, I believe. So we need to obey the Word, to obey what Jesus says. Be honest. Do we take Jesus' Word as suggestions? Are we honest in putting it to practice? Do we make a commitment regularly to say, God, I want to put your Word first, above my preference, above even my experience. Lord, I want to honor your word first. What does your word say in this situation? Amen? Could be as simple as forgiveness. If we walk around with unforgiveness, we're actually disobeying the word. But someone used to say, you've got like 30 seconds to forgive someone. You know what I mean? Like, let's be quick on forgiving people. Because you don't deal with forgiveness, unforgiveness, sorry. Then it festers up, becomes bitterness. You get distracted, you fight the wrong battles. You blame everyone, you become a victim. No, God wants you to live free from that. How do you do that? You obey the word. How do you do that? You say, God, I choose to forgive. I forgive that person. Amen. We obey. Next one is we read. Now, it feels crazy for me to say God's people will need to read the word, but we need to read the word. When's the last time you read the Word? And not just by mean you read one scripture before you go to bed because you're trying to stay awake and you're doing these things as you're sleeping. That's not reading the Word. That's tokenism. That's like, I know I've got to read it, so I better put it in the day. But now, when's the last time you devoured the Word? Turned everything off. Well, Jim, I've got no time to do that. But you've got no time to live with your sword. You've got no time to live encouraged. You've got no time to get vision for your life. Then you're putting your priority in wrong things, honestly. We need to honor the word. Honor the word. Read it. Study it. You know, in the Greek, the word for disciple actually can be translated as student. So we're disciples of Christ. Actually, what we really are are students of Christ. He's the master. We're the pupils. We learn for Him. We grow for Him. We develop this hunger and this uh, passion to read His Word. Next, and we'll finish with this. We meditate on God's Word. Now, I love the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is my closest friend. The Bible says He's our comforter. You know that? He's our advocate. He's our counselor. He sheds abroad in my heart the love of the Father every day. The Holy Spirit does. Now, I love intimate encounters with the Holy Spirit because it keeps my relationship fresh and real. But I tell you, I love, I love I love meditating God's Word and feasting on what God says to us. Not because I have to, because I want to. 
at times in the Lord just weeping like a baby because of the beauty of his word. God, you love me that much. The other day I was reading the book of Revelation. This is not a very loving book, if you know what I mean. It's not like you get goosebumps reading it. But the first verse got me. Can I read it to you and we finish with this? First verse, Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him, talking about Jesus, to show his servants the things which must soon take place. You think, well, that's, what's the big deal about that? Well, God showed Jesus to show John, who was his servant, the things which will take place because he loves us. God the Father showed Jesus the Son so he can show us what soon is going to take place because he loves you so much. Come on. God's word is powerful. God's word will sustain you. God's word will break through in your situation as we believe it. Can you say amen? So meditate on God's word. Let it speak to you. Let it speak to you. Allow the word to speak to you. Allow the word the Bible says washes over us. The word washes over us. Washes you, cleanses you, empowers you. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.